Welcome to Explore the Space. We're digging into healthcare issues that matter most. Our guests and conversations mine these issues for perspective and answers. There is a gulf between healthcare and our communities. This is the place to talk about it. Now here's your host, Dr. Mark Shapiro. Welcome back to Explore the Space podcast. I'm your host, Mark Shapiro. Delighted to be here for our final episode of Explore the Space podcast for 2023 and what a year it has been. Before we get to today's episode, a thank you to Practicing Excellence for supporting this episode of Explore the Space podcast. Healthcare leaders and teams have a lot on their plates and often lack the time and resources that they need. Enter Practicing Excellence, a skill-building platform designed to bring value to every team member. It empowers healthcare leaders to transform the patient and care team experience, scale leadership development, and profoundly change organizational culture. Practicing Excellence equips you with the tools to bring human connection skills across your teams, ultimately improving clinician well-being and patient outcomes. For more, visit www.practicingexcellence.com. I am delighted to share I have been and continue to serve as lead clinical faculty for hospital medicine with Practicing Excellence. It's a wonderful opportunity. The content we produce there is truly extraordinary. I am super proud of it, and I do hope you check it out, www.practicingexcellence.com. Also, before we get to the episode, I am delighted to share a fun announcement. I have been selected as a TED speaker, and I will be speaking at the 12th annual TEDx Sonoma County on Saturday, March 2nd, 2024. Please join me. We will be at the Jackson Theater, a truly world-class facility at Sonoma Country Day School in Santa Rosa, California. We will all gather there to join in the amazing experience of a live TEDx event. I will be speaking at this always thought-provoking and entertaining event and would love for you to be a part of it with me. My topic, and holy smokes, I'm excited about it, making friends as an adult. I will be joined there by an incredible lineup of fellow presenters who will be sharing inspirational work on climate change, how artificial intelligence democratizes filmmaking, new approaches to restorative justice, reframing how we think and talk about death, the future of work, how to find meaning during times of change, and more big ideas worth spreading. In addition, we'll have entertainers who bring world-class song and music to life. Go to www.tedxsonomacounty.com for information and tickets. Please come and join me there, March 2nd, 2024. I get so excited talking about that opportunity, and it is a perfect segue, being excited, being fired up, being motivated. Dr. Kimberly Manning is back. She is here to help us wrap up 2024 on Explore the Space podcast. This is the fifth year in a row that she has helped us close out another 12-month calendar year. She is a professor of medicine. She is a humanist. She is a creative. She is multitudes. She is extraordinary. All of us who have met her, interacted with her, just been around her, whether it's on social media or on stage or at a social event or a conference. Kimberly is just tremendous. And to have her here to wrap up what I think all of us can agree has been a turbulent year. You can choose whatever superlative you want, but this has been a challenging 12 months. 2023 has not been easy for a wide variety of reasons, and we can all sort of take ownership and spend some time reflecting on where our challenges have existed. You can check out all of her previous episodes of Explore the Space podcast where she's been on the show at www.explorethespaceshow.com. That's where the whole archive is. The Explore the Space merchandise store is there as well, www.explorethespaceshow.com forward slash merch. 
Explore the Space podcast is available wherever you listen to your podcast. Please do subscribe. Please take that opportunity to close out the year for us with that five-star rating and review. That really does help us out. And for sure, continue to share the show with your friends and your colleagues. You can email me anytime, mark at explorethespaceshow.com. And you can hit me up on Twitter at ETS Show, Instagram at Explore the Space Show. That is a big introduction to a big episode. Let's get right to it. She is back. We are closing out 2023. Dr. Kimberly Manning. Kimberly, welcome back to Explore the Space Podcast. It's that time of year. It's one of the highlights of this time of year. We're wrapping up 2023. Welcome. Thank you. It's so good to be here. I, I, I love that we get to do this. How many years are we going on? Is this, this going to be five? 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 Mm-hmm. Dang, I thought I it was four. Okay, cool. Mm, I'm pretty sure it's five. I, I didn't okay. look in advance. Okay. Either four or five, either of those. Yeah, either way, awesome. that's a lot. That's it's a enough lot. for us to be in syndication. Like now we can go, <laughs> we can be in syndication and just live off the reruns uh, and the residuals. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. How are you today? I am. I'm good. It's so interesting. We've done it enough times where when I send you the text, hey, are you ready to schedule? It's like some of the brain switches go off. Like we are now entering this time of the year. Yeah. There yeah. will be other things. There's, you know, work stuff and Hanukkah and mm-hmm, get ready for mm-hmm. New Year's and let's get Kimberly on Explore the Space. What do we want to talk about? <laughs> What's kind of top of mind? It's it's fun. There's right. Like a, and we like end a... up just talking like totally. just, uh, you know, spoiler alert, y'all. We we don't have a whole bunch of notes <laughs> or anything. We just no. get on here and just go rogue and just let it rip. <laughs> There is there is a starting point, though, that I think is top of mind for me. Mm -hmm. I imagine it's somewhere amidst the competing priorities for you. And I think for a lot of folks that listen to Explore the Space and are in our shared circles is I don't know what the right descriptive term is, um, but the combined implosion and explosion of Twitter Mm -hmm. and that community that we had. And I will use the past tense where we are with it, what it feels like. Um, and, and sort of what you're doing with social media in general, but with that experience that we all had hashtag med Twitter, but also just Twitter at large. Yeah. That was a big part of how you and I met, um, how you and I began to collaborate. And I would imagine there's hundreds, if not thousands of people who would say exactly the same thing that through either more Twitter than any other, at least, you know, five, six years ago and forward, Mm -hmm. certainly through the pandemic. It's really different now. Would yeah. you agree with that, that it's very different now? Let's start there. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah, it's very, very different now. But, you know, um, at one point I was sort of mourning it all. You yeah. know, I was thinking yeah. like, oh, I'm so sad. This used to be just a place where we all hung out. And I think I wrote about it once on Twitter about, you know, how we have um, and, you know, it's not my concept. It's a concept I first heard about on a podcast, but this concept of weak ties and people that we sort of interact with, um, but they become very important to our lives. And a lot of the people that I got to know through Twitter were were really weak ties for me. They were people that were sort of a part of the fabric of my everyday life. And I was mourning that. But then I remembered something uh, that you know, I always remember hearing from, from the elders and I don't even remember which elder told me first, but it's um, I think it's a biblical principle, but it's, um, you know, that people and things come into your life for a reason, a season or a lifetime. And um, I do believe that uh, we were very fortunate to be um, 
on Twitter very active at the time that we were, because I do feel like there was definitely a reason why I was there at that time. And even the fact that I got engaged before the pandemic, it set me up to be um, to be in a space to to be a part of the conversation during the pandemic. And then the season, I think, you know, those of us that were really in the thick of it really enjoyed a good season. Um, it just looks like it wasn't a lifetime thing. And I'm OK with that. I, I, I think that a lot of the things that some of us were supposed to get from from Twitter um, and I'll speak for myself terms of building relationships, connections, being able to sponsor people and amplify people. I feel like I got those things. And and I and so now I'm kind of like, okay, let this be what it's going to be. What's next? I feel very affirmed hearing you frame <laughs> it that way. Selfishly, like I I was hoping to sort of get that affirmation from you as a another person who we I don't know if we were both active at the exact same time, you know, starting wise, but yeah. certainly like we both maintained a tempo on the platform. Mm -hmm. um, I think I've kind of come to a very similar place. I had a stage where I was like, I really miss this. Uh, but what I have found is in parallel, I've rediscovered like between 30 to 60 minutes a day. Yeah. Uh, and yep. that's helped me reflect like, wow, I was spending a lot of time on that platform. Yeah. Um, yep. And that 30 to 60 minutes has been redeployed very effectively. And I'm happy about that. Yeah, I think that the part of this, though, that I would suggest, I love that reason, season and lifetime. And I've read you write about that. And we, you know, I've heard you speak about it. The lifetime part for me is still alive. And mm -hmm. it's because of moving from, you know, weak links to strong links. Yeah. You and I text each other. Yep. We met yep. on Twitter. We've met yep. in person. We hang out at conferences like, yeah, we do. And that, these things happen because of that. I, I hope that you and I'll be able to really continue this for yeah. a long time. And I think that there's a variety of people with whom I am continuing to be in touch with. I've been off Twitter completely for a month mm -hmm. um, and very little before that. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't feel that dearth of connection because I can, I text with folks and I've seen yeah. folks at the women in medicine summit and I'll see folks at society of hospital medicines annual meeting and We'll sort of, yeah. we we're still connected in a way that I think goes beyond where we started with it. Yep. And, and yep. I find some, I, I guess not solace because I wasn't like grieving this thing. Um, but I'm happy about that. I think, I think this is, yeah, I mean, I, I, I flat out think I was grieving it because I, you know, I'm a creative. And so a yeah. lot of where I was placing creative energy was into stories that I shared with that yeah. community. Yeah. Um, but you know, um, when, Twitter started going into a direction that didn't align with my values. Um, I began to yeah. decide. Yeah. I mean, that's how I put it. Ooh. You know, I, I, I didn't want to, I had to ask myself, is this where I want to put my intellectual property? Because if I yeah. write a story out in full form, it's intellectual property of mine that I'm still like making available to the public. And I have to decide what I'm gonna do with that. And it, you know, one really, again, you know, like I told you before, I'm annoyingly optimistic, so I can generally try to see the good in something. So I'm like, you know, I have actually gotten like two or three publications since since I stopped using Twitter as much. So things that I would have said over Twitter, I have written in long form and submitted to journals instead. And, um, you know, I, I love the reach that Twitter has always had, but 
you know, I still have a significant number of people um, who engage with me on Twitter and I can still amplify things. So now I'm just kind of shifting what I do there a little bit more. Like now I'm like, all right, who can I, who can I amplify? Who can I put on? Let me share with people where I'm going so that, uh, and, and it's not even to be, um, you know, like braggadocious or anything like that. But I'm just like, I know that there is a mid-career um, person who is underrepresented, who is watching what I'm doing. And they went to a HBCU and they need to see that, yeah, I went over here and I did grand rounds. Yeah, I'm giving a plenary talk here. Yeah, I'm doing this. Yeah, I published this. I, I need you to see that. And and not only you to see it, but the rest of the world to see it, right? Because like we always tell people, yeah, you can't be what you can't see. Like, no, you ain't going to be what, what they don't see. <laughs> you won't be what they don't see. Yeah, that's what I want to say. It's good you know what I mean? Hear that. Yeah, it, it, very much so. And it's actually, it's it's healthy for me to hear that because it takes me back to one of my kind of core drivers of why I was on the platform. And I love the way we connected with one another. And I love the way... You know, when we clicked like or retweet, it was that virtual fist bump from a colleague that's super validating and it felt really, really good. And that is something that I can get back to and I don't have to engage and I don't have to like be on my timeline where I'm going to see things that are really difficult to see. And I don't want to because the, the, all of like the safeguards that you could have to protect kind of what was on your timeline, right. they're all gone. So it just gets infiltrated with really horrifying stuff on the regular. Um, but I think that there is an opportunity to still rekindle that. And hearing you say that, that that's something that's still meaningful for you. That's actually super helpful for me to hear because it competes with the idea that comes up all the time when people are like, well, have you found an alternative as mm-hmm. a content creator, as a right. podcaster, as a writer, as someone who likes to amplify stuff and who gives talks and wants to share what they're doing? Have you found an alternative? I haven't. Have, I mean, I've kind of dabbled a little bit. Have you found something that feels like it's got that like critical mass or kind of? I think, I think what I'm realizing is that I don't I don't need to replace it. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? I feel yeah, like the totally. season, the season has is over. That's yeah. how I feel. So that season's over. Um, what 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 will I come to next? Right. And so, yeah. you know, some thoughts uh, I have is like I said, I've been, you know, writing a little bit more for things that the academy normally would see like journals and everything, which is still not quite the same as reaching the audience that you reach um, through Twitter. Yeah. Um, You know, Ashley and I still have our, our uh, podcast, which is great. Plug the podcast. Um, you can do that. Yeah. Now. Go we for just, it. we just started um, season six. We're two weeks into season six and the human doctor, um, available. I know, it's all crazy. Podcasts are found. That's right. The human doctor podcast, um, a dope podcast. <laughs> Uh, and, but the other thing too, is I, I'm, um, you know, I just kind of take it one day at a time. You know, people always say to me, they're like, oh, you know, when are you going to write a book? When are you going to write a book? Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, there is a part of me that's like, yeah, I, I do. I, I, I think I'm far more likely to write a book now that I don't have a, um, a, a immediate creative outlet, like, like Twitter. Um, I do find myself really um, doing more than just patting the idea on the head. Now I'm thinking about it a lot more. And and the other thing I'm doing, I think right now that's kind of cool is I am consuming um, other, the work of other creatives. Mm-hmm. So I'm reading a lot and listening to a lot of books. And I think that that is also helping me to know what I'm hungry for. Cause generally if I create something, if I put together a talk or do something, I usually try to 
teach or do what I can't find. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think I don't know what yet that book looks like because I don't, I need to know what it is I'm hungry for. And I'm, and I'm, and that has normally been a very good uh, place for me to start with anything I create. Like what would I as the consumer like, and what do I need? What would feed my spirit? Um, I am my own focus group. Right. So, um, and I actually find it's a lot less pressure when I operate in that, than how can I make people like what I'm, what I'm doing? Um, and that, that was, that took a long time to get there, but you know, now I feel like that's where I am. The idea that the skill set is so finely honed, though, too, that you can transition from how do I make the audience happy to where is there a space that will feel fulfilling and aspirational for me that I can plant a flag and create something unique. Um, the way you phrased it just now uh, is 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 exciting because I love to also create things around personal kind of lived experiences right. that reflect outward into a space that is underexplored. So whether it's physicians and healthcare professionals talking about firearms or talking about collegiality or talking about climate change or any of these other spaces, and then getting to practice those skills of writing and creating and public speaking, that whole construct is really exciting and it needs time and it needs Mm -hmm. concentration. Social media doesn't feed that. It takes time and it breaks concentration. And Mm -hmm. so I think it's fun to know that someone who, you know, we're sort of parallels in, in you know, career and age and these sorts of things like that same road kind of came naturally. I hope yeah. it's coming naturally to lots of others because social media doesn't need to be the, the space filler. I think there's lots of mm-hmm. other great things we can do to fill it. What is something yeah. that you have done for yourself this year that was new and will continue because it's awesome? Oh, wow. This year? Yes. I have my answer. I just thought of that question. I have Mm, my answer. Okay. Well, I am so glad you have your answer because that means I'm going to ask you to give your answer first. Okay. So with that rediscovered time, I've been exercising more Um, and I really have recommitted to that. You know, I was was in a place where my eating habits were not where they wanted to be. Mm -hmm. Um, I was not at a weight that I felt great about. I want to be, you know, I want to feel good, all those sorts of things. I want to be a good role model for my son. so I was expanding the exercises that I was doing, shadow boxing. I love it. I love it so much. I'm doing it a couple times a week in addition uh-huh. to everything else. Okay. 47 years old, like my vertical, my vertical is improving. I can get like low in a squat. You have to move in 360 <laughs> degrees. So all these little muscles, all okay. these little accessory muscles that haven't fired because I didn't move in those directions yeah. are like, oh, hey, I'm still here. It's awesome. The, 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 the reminder that in my mid forties, my body is still just like raring to go. Mm-hmm. What a gift. I am so privileged to have that. And I've just, that is something I want to own fully and just really enjoy and just really live in um, and get the most out of for as long as I can. It's awesome. Wow. That's great. That's awesome. Um, so I think we talked about this before, but I, you know, um, in 20, 21, late 2021, I began um, do, changing my workouts. I did start doing HIIT workouts and, and strength training and yep. of course, planking every day. Yep. Um, and that really, that, that completely just changed my life. Back in February, actually, I had to have um, 
fortunately not a life-threatening, but an, but a major surgery. And um, it was really interesting to see how your body responds to something like a surgery when you're in good shape. I was, I was fit when I had surgery and I was able to, you know, take my period of recovery and then, you know, slowly work myself back up and get back to what I needed to do. So that felt really good. But the thing I actually did this year, and I was trying to think while you were talking and trying to listen to you at the same time. <laughs> um, I, um, I got um, a person to support me administratively. That's huge. That has never. Um, now, to be clear, my my wonderful, wonderful um, employer has offered me an administrative professional to work with me at this current level where I am. Um, and I have always declined it because the thought of somebody having access to my calendar actually just gave me the complete heebie-jeebies. Like, I'm like, no interesting, way. Interesting, interesting. Um, and, you know, it, I, I'm a person who like, well, I know my schedule and I'll be like, oh, I am going to do this meeting and then I am going to go get my hair done and then I'm going to go <laughs> and do this and then I'm going to go run on my Peloton tread, then I'm, you know, and I was just so scared that somebody would start like filling my calendar up with all of these things. Um, And um, my, my primary career mentor, um, uh, Jada Bussy Jones, uh, she was like, no, you just, you need to just get somebody that gets to know you really well. And they sort of, they, they kind of vibe with you. And I just didn't know how to do that. So um, the, um, the administrative professional who has, is working with me um, is somebody who deeply cares about me. And I had worked with her for years in our division, but I realized that as like, you know, I'm going to need somebody who actually loves me, mm-hmm. not, not like thinks I'm great, but like actually loves me and cares about me. And um, she's somebody who I knew always did. And she's, she's older than me. And also who can just like, who loves me enough to deal with my crazy because I'm all over the place. <laughs> and she is just, it has really changed my life. So my my next thing I'm going to move to next year is, um, and I've never officially done this. I've kind of done it, but I haven't done it in an official capacity is I'm going to get um, executive coaching. And I haven't had an executive coach uh, officially. I've had like them through leadership programs, but I'm going to get an executive coach. I already have one picked out, but yeah. So I'm excited about that. I love that. The, the, the power of the administrative professional alongside you um, cannot be understated. You and I had a similar recent experience. We both got to go out to Cincinnati Children's mm-hmm. and we both got to work with our good friend, Samir Shah's administrative yeah. professional, Ragad Hamdan. Yeah. Oh gosh. And she Loved is Ragad. unreal. Yeah. I told Samir like, Buddy, if I ever have the opportunity to run for high office, I'm gonna hire her as my chief of staff. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just telling you right now, um, right. And, I hope, and I hope she takes the job. It's just, it's amazing, and that that's the way you described it, right? That that someone that really buys it, um, right. having that. My gosh, I'm happy for you because you already do and accomplish and impact so much. Having someone like that to drive it. It's just going to make 2024 soar that much further. That's amazing. And I was, you know, the thing is, I was dropping balls, you know. Oh, for sure. It's too much. Like, and and I still drop balls, you know, to be clear. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But um, it has really been nice to have somebody, you know, lighten my load and help me, like, 
prioritize really important things and, you know, maintain relationships and everything. You know, um, I was in Colorado uh, at the end of October with uh, Vineet Chopra and mm-hmm. um, Sanjay Saint at their um, at the leadership, uh, no, mentorship academy. It's awesome, by the way. Um, and Vineet's um, administrative professional supporter, uh, I believe her name was Kendra. I can't remember, but she was awesome. I mean, it was just like you could see how in sync they were. And it's been um, just about a year that uh, Linda and I have been working together. And I feel us kind of getting into that groove and into sync. Um, and now I see what I've been missing, you know, yeah, um, yeah. but I just always thought I always thought I was just too disorganized to have anybody like step in and help. And Jada kept telling me, she's like, no, you just need the person who, yeah. you know, can can be lockstep with you yeah. Um, and who and who is patient because I need I needed somebody patient. Isn't it amazing how the the narratives that we tell ourselves can become not self-defeating, but can hold, right? You felt so disorganized that you didn't need someone or wouldn't benefit from it. And then you have the friend who has the intervention. Um, and I oh, had yeah. a similar thing. I'm playing tennis, I don't know, six months ago. And, um, you know, I miss a shot and I'm grumbling and moaning and you're, you suck and whatever. And I was taking a lesson and the coach, I've known him since I was a kid. He stops mm-hmm. and he's like, Mark, your self-talk is really negative. <laughs> He's like, you're doing fine. You haven't played tennis in months. It's a beautiful day. You're doing great. Yeah. And I froze. And I'm not kidding. I went home and I've been thinking about it ever since. My self-talk from ever has been really negative to the yeah. point where sometimes it's outright cruel. Yeah. And I've worked really hard these last few months and ongoing to change my self-talk so that it's opportunity and, you know, hard work and aspiration as opposed to just wailing on myself. Yeah. Um, and man, it's, it makes a difference. It makes a really big difference. Um, and for you to be able to move through that and then have the value out of actually having the person, holy smokes. Yeah. I mean, it's, and also the other thing too, is, uh, you know, to, to be, you know, not so self-deprecating, um, that you can't get anything done, but yeah. you can't go to the other end of that where, you don't see where you need to grow. And, um, you know, for me, what I was realizing is that I I get a lot of emails that come from outside of Emory where people are asking me for something. Yeah. And, um, and I care a lot about people and relationships and stuff like that. But what would happen is I would just not be able to juggle all of those balls. I just would, you know, emails would get buried places and, um, and that, and that was just something that like I needed, I really needed to be able to elevate that aspect of myself. And it's still a work in progress. Because sure. um, it's but, not a great feeling to find that email and be like, oh, shoot, I missed this 10 days ago. <laughs> Child, I know that's oh. right. I know that's right. Yeah. Yes, it's so great. true. It's yeah. so true. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's a trip. Like, I don't know. I think, um, you know, I just want to work smarter. Um, yeah. uh, uh, and I want to, you know, me and my husband are coming up on 20 years of marriage and I just want to be able to, um, you know, be my best in every aspect of my life so that for the people that matter the most to me that I can, I can give them, I can give them the best version of me. Cause you yeah. know, when, when I'm, when I'm scattered at work, yeah, it, it, it scatters at home and it spills into, you know, what my interactions are like sure. with the people that matter the most to me. And I'm, and I just can't have that. 
What was a difficulty this year? You mentioned that you had to have surgery in February. What was a difficulty this year that you had to navigate that, you know, in that place of we can feel disorganized and jumbled? What was something else that came up that was like, oh, boy, this is something really big that I have to deal with in the midst of a big, full life with lots of people emailing you and Shapiro texting you and things of that nature? Um, hmm. You know, it's funny um, because, you know, what's hard is very relative. You know what I mean? Um, Because if you work at a place like Grady Hospital, it's almost like, how dare you even refer to any of this as hard? Yeah. Um, But, um, you know, I, I, you know, when I when I had to have surgery, I have to say that was extremely vulnerable for me. Um, I was at work, you know, I discovered something that was going on with my body. And, um, you know, I don't like being a patient either. It takes a lot for me to even go into care for anything other than just annual. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and I don't want to do that. But um, when it became clear that I would need surgery, I was like, dang, you know, okay. But even just the whole like point of coming in and preparing to get a, you know, a, um, you know, go under anesthesia and, all of this, it was, it was, it was really, really, really vulnerable. And I think that was probably one of the most challenging things I dealt with in the past year. Um, the other thing too, is I had just gotten in such a groove with my fitness, um, that I was probably the most fit I had been in years right before I had surgery. And just to not be able to, to barely even be able to turn over in bed, um, was really, was really crazy. Um, but again, the the optimist in me was just kind of had my eyes open and learning like, oh, wow, this is what it's like when you're yeah. a patient and you're in the bed and the blanket is at the end of the bed and you cannot sit up to get the <laughs> the blanket and yeah. you're cold. Like and then you're trying to decide, am I going to call the nurse back for this or do I just lay in this bed with my teeth chattering? Um <laughs> You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just like uh, so. So I think that was hard. I think another thing that was emotionally hard for me. Um, and again, this is all relatively speaking. Right. Because there are people who deal with some real hard. Um, I think um, having my son leave and go to college. Yeah. Wow. I, and, and, and to be clear. I, I'm actually not that mom who cries um, dropping you off at kindergarten, who cried on the first day um, from maternity leave. That wasn't me. I'm not that person. Um, again, I'm 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 reason season lifetime. So, you know, your season in my house has ended. Now it's time for you to go to college. Um, it wasn't him leaving. It was that, you know, my son went to Tuskegee and he's a fifth generation student there. And when he first got there, it was like it is for every college student, lumpy, like he was trying to figure out his way. Um, but being a fifth generation matriculant at an HBCU when your whole family went somewhere, you don't really even feel like you have permission to not like like it and love it and it to be great. <laughs> yeah. So wow. like five generations. That's incredible. Yeah, that's a lot. That's really that's a extraordinary. lot. That's crazy. Right. Um so I was trying to figure out how to support him, how to make things about him and not yeah. about me. Um, and I think a turning point happened when, you know, I told him back in October, like, you have my permission to hate it here. Mm, you have my permission to say this yeah. is not for me. This was not a good fit. I hate it. I don't like it here. Um, and I almost feel like that ended up being the panacea because once 
he knew that he had the right to like choose for himself if he liked it or not. Yeah. Um, he found his groove and now, you know, he came home delighted and was like, oh yeah, I had a great, I'm looking forward to going back. But um, I was just, just trying to navigate, you know, being yeah. a parent is a trip. It's a trip for <laughs> sure. I, 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 that feels like it should be like a 60 minute story, five generations. That's ex- I, yeah. I don't know five generations. That. And I mean, five generations um, from a black American family that are descendants of people who survived being enslaved. That's like crazy. It's, cr- so it's like crazy. My, I'm one of four. We went, yeah. we all went there. My um, all four of us went to Tuskegee. My Golly. parents met at Tuskegee. My maternal grandparents met at Tuskegee and my mother's um, my mother's grandmother went that went to Tuskegee. is there is there a, like is there awareness on the tuskegee side that this is happening that there are now five or is this yes this happen? because i will tell you that that is um not i mean five is a lot five's a lot <laughs> but but um for any but, school but four is a i know i know at least three or four people okay. who have fourth generation kids there that's it's not a, that unusual okay um and yeah it's that's that's a trip Coolest thing ever. I love that. <laughs> yeah. So my son was like the the wow. fifth of six grandkids, and he's the first one to go there. He's Amazing. the first one. That yes. is that is really cool. Yeah, it I, is. I really like that a lot. Um, yeah. as a history major, as a kid who went to college in the United States and would love my son to go where I went, um, and all of that, just that idea of legacy and story. My gosh, yeah. it's just that's I love yeah, and, it. I, and I actually think it's it's actually um, you know, kind of it, it, his decision to go came out of one of the, you know, most heartbreaking times of my life. You know, um, when my father passed away, he was, you know, the biggest Tuskegee champion of anybody I knew, like yeah, he didn't yeah. care who you were, were, he didn't care what your GPA was. He didn't care what you looked like. He thought you should go to Tuskegee. If he met you and you're like, hello, yeah. I'm Mark Shapiro. I'm a Jewish <laughs> kid from, you know, California. He'd be like, you should go to Tuskegee. Like it. he thought I everybody should go to Tuskegee. So, oh my gosh. um, he was um when he passed away and we had his memorial service it was really like like just throngs of people who he had impacted over the years and Amazing. they were speaking and talking and when we walked out my son was like i think i'm going to just apply and then we mm-hmm. went to for the tour there were like he he was pointed at a place on the on the yard and he was like gosh that's a picture of when grandpa was pledging omega that's where he was, right That's where there. he was standing. Oh my god! I gosh. was like, "Yep, it was yeah, right there." It. He was like, "Wow!" Dang. And there has this whole thing, the legacy walk, that has all these bricks of people who graduated, and um, all of our family's bricks are together. So he was just, oh like, my gosh! gosh. That's <laughs> he was cool. like, "We have like twenty bricks." He was so like, then, is oh there my. a spot that if when he graduates in like three and a half years or four, whatever, is there a spot where his brick would get? Place so it can all so be you know what I think that the legacy walk has already been set, but they add new bricks, so it will okay. probably not be with ours. Okay, um, but but still, we'll it is there. like it it is it is really impactful Dang. for you to be. So I think he ended up, you know, just coming to that that way. I actually think if my father had not left us, I I don't think my I don't know that my son would have seen it the same way. Amazing, but Amazing. um, you know, things happen as they are supposed to happen. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I think for, for me, the, the toughest thing this year that just it leapt to mind. And I, and I wanted to talk about this with you because the most, the last tweet of yours that I saw was a picture of you and your dog. And mm. I had to say goodbye. To oh. my dog. And it was awful. Um, oh man. It was a couple months ago and it just detonated me. 
Um, oh gosh. And I hadn't felt grief for a long time. And I realized Mm -hmm. that that in and of itself is a real privilege. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't be a end of your podcast with you if I didn't cry. Um, (laughs) But, oh man, I mean, she was 14. And like I've told all my friends, you know, she gave us everything she could and we gave her an awesome life and we had so much fun together. Um, But man alive, like just feeling grief again at that level, it had been a long time. And like Mm -hmm. I said, that is a real privilege to have gone that long without feeling it. Yeah. God, it's hard. It's just, yeah. it just takes everything out of you and life still has to go on, you know? I, Cause um, I think, I think with dogs, you, you don't realize your dog mm, is your therapy dog. She was my buddy. You know, she, you don't, yeah. you don't even realize no, no, it until totally. like something happens. Right. Totally. But, yeah. No, but she, yeah, was, we, she was always, we always there. talk, yeah. <laughs> we talk about Willow being, you know, Willow was the the constant through the pandemic. Like yeah. he didn't realize it was a pandemic. He's just like, why is everybody <laughs> yeah. home? You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and yeah, uh, we, and we were not dog people. Our family wasn't, we just had a child who is homozygous for the dog gene and wanted right. a dog. And we got him a dog, <laughs> but um, now that dog, we just can't even imagine a world that yeah. didn't have. So I'm so sorry about yeah. that. Yeah. It's, you know, Hava was just a total sweetheart and she was, I think everyone hopefully gets to feel like this about their pet. She -hmm. definitely did transcend that idea of pet. And we were so close. And, you know, when it was time, we we handled it well. Um, And it went the best that it could. But my gosh, just being in that place of, you know, a big, busy life with lots of moving parts and high expectations and emails and texts all the time and grieving in the midst of that. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah, it was just it was a it was just, it was really hard. It was really hard. And mm-hmm. I don't mean to oversimplify it. It's just sometimes that's the right word, um, yeah. but you come through, you know? Um, yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's just yeah. one of those things. And I'm sure we'll have another animal and I'm glad <laughs> my son, my son said, daddy, I've never seen you cry before. And I said, yeah, well, this is wow. the first time. Um, well, I could tell your son that I, I've seen you cry. <laughs> <laughs> once, at least, at least and ev- everybody has seen me cry. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. So I got to see you last at the Women in Medicine Summit and you and Ashley were on stage and you both, it wasn't technically a live podcast, but the two of you, when you both just focus on each other, I mean, there could be anything else going on around you. You two are so locked in. You have Mm -hmm. such a rhythm together. It's beautiful to see. The room is just enchanted. Um, Mm -hmm. And the two of you just go to a place. And it was Mm -hmm. really cool because after that was done, and we all got to sort of debrief around it and get some time to sort of in your kind of in your energy, you and Ashley together. And then separately, I got to sit down with you, Kirsten, Kennedy and Ashley. And the <laughs> four of us just got to hang out on the couch for like 15 minutes. Yeah. And it was just one of the coolest things of just, I don't know, like people who've just kind of been through it together. And yeah. Yeah, we're in the yep. hotel lobby and it's busy, but it was, just, it was so quiet. And I have that great picture of the three yep. of you. And yeah, we had like, a legit just, one of my favorite parts of the year <laughs> that was fun and you know um kirsten uh and i met when i was walking through um i was in florida walking from the pool and a rental and um she you know i just saw some people standing outside i'm friendly i said hey how you doing she said hey she looked at me she's like i feel like i know you from somewhere and we stand there trying to figure it out yeah and she asked me if i'm a doctor and we figure it out and you know we realized we we're both sorority sisters and deltas and we were just like oh my god nice to meet you yeah exchange numbers the next day we went for a bike ride and just hung out and um 
we've been friends ever since. Yeah. And um, it's just, again, it's just interesting what happens when we, you know, open ourselves up to receive people. And Ashley is just another example of somebody that when we met each other, we were both open um, to, to let it be more. And, you know, Ashley's just like, Ashley's like 20 years younger than me. Um, but, you know, we, we still have a lot of things in common. Um, she's smart and interesting. And I just feel like, wow, you know, what if I had not allowed myself to be open to, you know, to, to, um, to do more than just meet with a junior faculty member for 30 minutes during a visiting professorship? Like, gosh, what if, what if I hadn't been willing to walk over and say hi to Kirsten that day? What if, you know, we didn't, uh, if you didn't think to reach out to invite me to, to come onto your podcast, you know, it's just, yeah, it's a lot to be said, you know? I think we've had a good opportunity over the last half of a decade or more to hone that skill. And it's something I reflect on a lot. And this is actually kind of cool. And I'm excited about this for next year's. I got selected to give a TEDx in the Mm. Sonoma County TEDx, um, which, you know, in my hometown, it's going to be really cool. And my topic is making friends as an adult. Mm. And what you were just saying, like that idea of how, how we can be open and how we can position ourselves, even in our forties, um, that we can kind of move into these different spaces and phases of life. It's, it's just, it's the best. That is a great spot for us to kind of wrap ourselves up. Um, <laughs> we will see you at our conferences. We will see you in the world. We will see your writing. How do people find you? How do they follow you as we go into uh, uh, the next year and the next phase? Um. Okay. Well, Um. let's see. You can, um, Definitely subscribe to our podcast, the Human Doctor Podcast. Link so, in the show notes. Um, yep. <laughs> Link in the show notes. Yeah, because Mark has show notes, unlike right. some of us. Um, <laughs> and then um, we did have show notes for a little while. We might get them again anyway. Um, and then, you know, I do still have uh, a Twitter account. I'm still, or X or whatever you call it. I'm still there at Grady Doctor. Um, I am not on IG, sadly. I have a LinkedIn that I don't understand, so I don't use that. <laughs> um, I I do have a lot of emails that say that people want to connect with me on LinkedIn. I, don't even I have no idea what to do with LinkedIn. Um, <sighs> but, you know, I am I am always thinking and writing. I have some really um, neat presentations coming up this spring. So um, and usually I share the places that I go. Um, yeah. So those are, those are some of the places I'll just put like a, a bat signal out and you can find me that way. I think a lot of us will learn this next iteration of how we stay connected uh, in the wake of the Twitter experience with how we stay connected with you because you are prolific and you are highly sought after and you're extraordinary. And so all of us are going to be saying, okay, cool. How do we keep up with Kimberly? So that will be, it'll be an interesting test case. How do we continue to do this? And for one of those people who really is, you know, you're a one of one. How do we continue to enjoy and and learn from the things that you do in the wake of how we used to do it? This will be a, a fun exercise and and a great learning experience for all of us. This is the best. I I, I can think of yep. no better way to wrap up <laughs> the year uh, than to do it with you on Explore the Space, Kimberly. You're awesome. Thank well, you. I appreciate that, and um, you are awesome too. And you know, new seasons await. 
You know, that's right. that, that that's that's what I say, you know, um, I, you know, no, I don't know exactly know where you'll find me. Um, you're going to find me somewhere, though, and um, you'll find me where I'm supposed to be because I am I am really, um, you know, I, I let me say this in closing, because this is, you know, something that I've been thinking about a lot. Um, it is that, you know, we can only trust the happiness and joy that we are in in the moment. That's it. That's what we can trust for sure. And that might sound macabre to some people, but it's not. It's actually a charge um, to live with an urgency and to operate in your gifts and in your mission with such an urgency that says, I just don't know what could happen next. And, you know, you just keep living. You're going to find out that life is going to be life in. And, and, you know, stuff is going to happen that you did not see coming. But one of the things I am the absolute most proud of in my life is I live a life free of very few regrets. And I have some, but not many. And especially not as it relates to relationships. So to your listeners that took the time out to listen to us have this conversation um, and who listened to us before, I want to say thank you. But to you, Mark, you know, um, I'm I'm proud of you for putting the oxygen on yourself. You know, I know you don't have as many episodes as you did before, but you got to you got to keep the main thing, the main thing and um, focus on what needs to be focused upon so that, you know, you can live a life in the joy that you have right now, right in the moment, Um, because that's really all we got. You're amazing. We'll see you next year. Thank you, Kimberly. Peace. My thanks once again to Kimberly for joining us on the final episode of 2023 for Explore the Space podcast. And I can only hope that we get to do this again at the end of 2024. It's one of my favorite traditions. Kimberly is a friend. She is an extraordinary guide for so many of us in so many different ways. And there's no better person to help us close out our experiences in another year gone by. It's been an interesting year at Explore the Space podcast as well. Obviously, you've noticed that the tempo of episodes has dropped off after we got through the first half of 2023 and we will be back with an increased tempo again in 2024 trying to figure out exactly what that's going to look like probably something like one or two episodes a month so please do be sure you're subscribed wherever you like to download your shows so that you don't miss anything speaking of not missing anything please do check out www.tedxsonomacounty.com The world around us is in a state of unprecedented disruption. We are all struggling to adapt. It is time to reimagine, reconfigure, and reconnect. We can start that work and continue that work and build on that work at the 12th Annual TEDx Sonoma County, where I will be one of the speakers Saturday, March 2nd, 2024. Join us for a day of big ideas, inspiration, entertainment, and growth. www.tedxsonomacounty.com. The speaker lineup is there. You can get your tickets there. We are going to be at the world-class Jackson Theater. I am so excited to be one of the TED speakers at this event. We will see you on March 2nd. Thank you also to our friends at Practicing Excellence for supporting this episode. Practicing Excellence partners with healthcare systems to execute their strategic plans by fostering systemic skill building and continuous improvement for every care team member. Through Practicing Excellence, leaders become more purposeful, teams more capable, Care providers lean in, and patients become more engaged and confident in their care. When every member of the care team feels better, everybody wins. Visit www.practicingexcellence.com to learn more. I hope that you have had 
a good holiday season. I hope that your passage into the new year is a good and a safe one, and obviously wishing you a healthy, happy, and fulfilling 2024. We will see you there. As always, thank you so much for listening to Explore the Space podcast. It's an honor to be doing this. I cannot wait to see what 2024 brings for all of us. There will be lots of great content here, so stay tuned. We will see you then. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Explore the Space. Visit us on our website, explorethespaceshow.com. And please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at ETS Show. And you can email Dr. Shapiro by writing to mark at explorethespaceshow.com.